definitely nervous on stage because I mean it is strangers. But then I I use that. Um, I'm not nervous in a crippling way. I'm nervous because it's just like I'm excited. I'm nervous. I'm about to kill it. Oh my god, new crowd. Okay, cool. Gonna fuck it up. Let's go. And then even my prayers like. Yo, Braji, you know the gag. Let's fuck shit up. You know we're bad bitches. We travel too far. Let's show them what we're made of, motherfucker. Let's get it. You're listening to One More Tune. Conversations on live music. My name is Ian Byrne. All right, welcome to episode 50 of One More Tune, um, half century of episodes, and I couldn't be more thrilled to say that this episode, I sit down with the one and only Moonchild Sinelli. Uh, for those who don't know, Moonchild is a South African musician, uh, she's a dancer, an artist, she's a fashion designer. Um, she's a businesswoman. Uh, she does all sorts of stuff. Uh, she even has her own scotch. Um, and she's the self-proclaimed president of the female orgasm. Um, aside from her own two studio albums uh, that she's released, uh, she's worked with the likes of Gorillaz, featured on their 2020 album Song Machine. She's featured on Beyonce's Lion King album uh, on the song My Power. And, uh, and she's on the FIFA 2022 soundtrack too. So all in all, she's doing pretty fucking well for herself. Um, I explained why I was so excited to chat with her in the podcast itself. So I'm not going to get into that now. Um, but this one, it, it was pretty surreal for me because ever since I discovered her, I just, I had to talk to her. Uh, she was on my bucket list. So to, to chat with her and now having chatted with her a couple of weeks ago, um, it definitely didn't disappoint. She's um, she's every bit as unignorable and entertaining as I thought she would be. Um, and I was very lucky, in fact, because this is the last interview that she did before heading into the studio to start work on her next album, which uh, she's going to support with a tour next year. So we chatted in the morning, Joburg time, her time. Uh, and she was literally, as soon as she was finished with me, she was heading off to the studio. So um, I caught her at a pretty good time, I think. Um, and yeah, I just have to give a shout out to Lauren and Ash from Band of Wolves, Moonchild's management team for helping get all this sorted. So thank you, ladies. Uh, and also, uh, Moonchild talks a little bit about it in the podcast itself, but she had a birthday coming up, which has since passed. So Moonchild, a very, very happy belated birthday to you. Um, we have two songs as usual um, to round out the show. The second one is called Money Tree. And the first song is demon which is probably my favorite song of the year if i'm being honest um ever since i heard it it's been playing non-stop in my house um so i couldn't be happier that uh, that the team decided to send that on uh and feature it uh, both of these songs are off her 2022 album phases uh which is out now obviously and is full of bangers but demon is just an absolute it's a banger of all bangers so i'm more i'm just made up to, to have it on the podcast and it's also on the one more tune artist spotify playlist uh, which i've linked to below uh, i've linked to all moonchild socials in the show notes so if you don't follow her already um give her a follow definitely check out her music um she's uh, she's 
just extremely creative um, and um, both her albums are fantastic and I can't wait for her new one um, if you're following her follow us too uh, at One More Tune Pod on Twitter or One More Tune Podcast on Instagram uh, and also if you're a fan of the show I've linked to the Buy Me A Coffee page in the show notes too so any uh, any donation uh, contribution is greatly appreciated um, that's it for me Um Almost done with the year. I uh, can't believe I've reached 50 episodes uh, and hope for loads, loads more. Um, so yeah, that's it. Enjoy Moonchild, enjoy the songs and I will see you next time. Cheers.
first want to set the scene, okay? So I just want to give you context as to why I've been so excited to chat with you specifically, right? So mm -hmm. Primavera Sound, Barcelona, second weekend uh, this year, right? Yeah, this year. Okay. Um, so just picture this. There's a group. So I'm Irish, right? There's a group of 10 of us, 10 Irish lads, fly into Barcelona specifically for, for Primavera Sound. One of the highlights of our of our festival was uh, going to see Bicep. Do you know Bicep? Mm -mm. Okay, so Bicep are these two electronic producers from Belfast in Northern Ireland. They, in my mind, uh -huh. they're the they're the the just best live electronic duo operating right now. Right, so these these guys yeah. are playing or whatever two o'clock in the morning on the second day. We're all high as kites. We're having the best time of our lives. It's an iconic <laughs> performance. You know, we're like, oh, my God, this is amazing. This was, you know, far exceeded what it, what we wanted it to be. And oh. then we're on our way to the next next stage. Right. So bicep finish and we're wondering, I don't know where we're going to. But then all of a sudden we hear this noise to our left and we're like, what the fuck is this? So. <laughs> Our heads turn and we wander off to this stage. Again, it's like three o'clock in the morning on the Saturday or something. And then all of a sudden, there's this blue mop prancing around <laughs> stage, right? Like going to left to right. And we're all looking like, what is this? What is going on? And it was the beat that, it was the beat that got us, right? The beat got us first. And then once we saw what was happening on stage, we're all just like staring like, what is going on here? And yeah. it was you, right? It was you. <laughs> so my question is, uh, well, and, and since then, right, since that's an instant, you know, I'll never forget that moment. Mm. You know, you've, you've been in, you've been in regular rotation on my Spotify, uh, follow you on Instagram, all that stuff. So my Thank question you. to you, my question to you is, does a time come to mind for you when something like that has happened, where you've heard something or you've seen something a performer and it's just been instant attracted to it can't get away from it just out of nowhere surprise has, has there been anything recently or in, in your mind where that's that live kind of just unforgettable unmissable sound has captured you and you've just been taken away live right now yeah no i went there intentionally um, I'm trying to think where it wasn't going there intentionally. And I went by chance. Because generally at a festival, I walk around a lot. Um, once I've got time, especially when I don't know which artists are playing, I walk around and then I just bump into. I remember there was a girl at a stage um, at um, the London one, uh, Great Escape. No. It's great escape, not great escape, the other UK one. Because great escape was, I did the virtual one last year, meaning it wasn't virtual, it wasn't that this year. Um, we played it this year, man. It's um in London. Great, no, not great escape. <laughs> it's oh, we went to um Glastonbury. I think it's Glastonbury. I think it's Glastonbury. How could you not remember if it was Glastonbury or not? There's so much happening. I think it was Glastonbury. Okay, we go with that. We go with Glastonbury. There was this crazy, there was this crazy bad, this crazy girl. Okay, here, here's my thing. 
um, I did bump into a couple of people at Great Escape. No, at um, the other one. And and I remember, I'm very critical. It's almost like when I watch, I watch with an eye to sell or I watch as a label somehow and a songwriter and stuff. So I'll be like, okay, the songwriting's on fleek. Ugh, delivery, not so great. Mm, this part should have been this. They look so cool, easy to sell. But so I always like, I'm super critical in generally my discovery, but I know there's a badass girl that um, Lauren took me to. So I didn't, I discovered them because it was my first time going there, but my manager intentionally took me there. She's crazy. I'm definitely having her in my album. She's insane. Ish, I forgot her name. Okay, like me and pictures are my life. Like even my songwriting is so quick because I'm always translating pictures. I don't necessarily think of like words first. I think of, I, I see a story, you give me a word, I see a scenario, I create a scenario. And it's so easy to create it in my head that I see it. And then when I see it, I translate what I've seen. So even with memories, like remembering people, and I don't like reading admin because it feels like the words are dancing and I wish they were, so I'd probably know what the move is. Um, so it's, a, but I mean, I'll read what I have to. But um, all of it is memory. And I remember this girl, she, she's badass i know she's gonna she's she's badass because i'm gonna be in her remix she's from so that one was not by chance a lot of stuff I, i've wanted to see or my team wants me to see because we're always working <laughs> we're literally always working and when i think about someone someone i found cool that i didn't know um i want i had tips for other things so it's almost like maybe I should not be there to not criticize. I don't criticize. That's the thing. I always be like, this was cool. I'm like, okay, you lost me there. But I mean, I do the same thing with my performances, you know? I'll be like, okay, this is where I lost the crowd, but the dancing kept them there. So what if I added the beat part there? So it's not just the dancing carrying it. So I look at I always look at it in that way. Um, so so right now with my current memory, I can't think of a name. That's fair. That's fair. There's too much going on. There's a, I, I can't think of a name, but on the internet, I know I bumped into Alex Vaughn and it was, uh, it's R&B, she's from America, not necessarily even huge, huge yet, but like big in the, but in America, when you're just big in the R&B community alone without even leaving the, 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 the country, she's Alex Vaughn. I loved her songwriting. I haven't seen her perform live, um, but on the internet, her songwriting, like how she chooses to use her words, she kills me. So even with the songs that I binge, I usually have songwriting respect first, funny enough. Um, but I never listen under pressure. So I listen in my own time. And when I listen to it, I binge because I'm just like, oh, songwriter. It's just, it's just, it's just, it's just lovely when you hear how someone thinks on their own. Like, you know, I just, I just love, I just love it because it's very rare. It's not so often that you get to find a songwriter who makes hits behind the scenes and is also able to have their own signature in the foreground without you thinking of all the songs they've created and made your favorites. So that's very rare. So even with those, for instance, I'll know with um, Manny Long, she, for instance, if she references Rihanna in a song, you'll hear Rihanna tone in the, in the song, like how Rihanna would say it. And so I get the reference and then I get the, so for me, I feel like, for instance, with Manny, Manny's such a great writer, but she doesn't necessarily have a signature. And I don't really know, I know what I mean, but I don't really know how, 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 how common it is. But I think in any genre, you have to have a signature of some sort, right? 
Um, so with me, Money, she's a great songwriter. And she's also, because she also comes from songwriting. She writes for people. She's been writing for people for years. And this is her time. And she definitely got a popular song and a popular album and a star is rising. But at first, the first, my first part of the respect is songwriting. Then you'll find Niji, who did Better Have My Money. We were with her for My Power as well. She was in the song. You don't really see her in the, in the forefront, um, but she just signed to the label. And her biggest thing, she's still writing for all the big American artists. And she's got her own songs. They don't hit the same as the ones she writes for people, even though now she is signed. So when I get to meet like this writer and a, and a, and a, a star this, oh my God. That is a gag. That's why I listen to that. I will know about who you are because of how, how, how you sound and how you think. You know. So. Yeah. Okay. Well, you said something there about you know when you're watching live performances, you're you're always you know in the mode of the artist figuring out you know stage presence, design, lighting, you know breakdown, whatever. <clears throat> is that a gift or a curse? You know, it, you know, because is is it. Is it the type of thing where can you shut that off and just enjoy the music for the music or are you always seeing it with that critical eye? I can. So, for instance, like we watched a couple of my favorites as well. And it's, it's also the times where I don't share. I just let it be because right. I'll seem like, yeah, yeah. So I just let it be because everyone's enjoying. Okay, stop. I'll just let it be. <laughs> so I want to share my unpopular opinion. Um, I generally don't type about my what I think about whatever is popular at the time because I'm just like, oh, I've got my ears, you've got something's happening, so I'm sorry. Like, I would hear what you're hearing, like the way you're hearing it. And if you force me to hear it that way, I'm going to find even more things to look into. And um, it's not like I, I don't go there looking for things. They just pop up. You know? <laughs> no agenda. <laughs> it's a gift and a curse. It's definitely a gift and a curse. I can party. For instance, I'll watch Kendrick and I'm just like, I'm now I'm in, I'm, I'm in school. Now I'm in school. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm very, like, I'm not, I don't think, it's not something I do with everything. But I, like, I know my moments where I need to be a sponge. So right. I'm always like, I'm always taking in, in general. I think it's because I'm always taking in, I get to see what I'm like, this could, I'm sorry, this is our alarm. <laughs> Again, let me just switch it off. Um, so I do, I literally, I do, I do take in, I'm always taking in. Um, I guess that's why my career feels like an escalator. I never, my growth has never gotten, never got an ego. Um, for as long as I want to grow, it'll never have an ego because the moment it has an ego, then I'm not able to, to move the way I've been moving. Like now I've got a label, but I've, I'd always gotten all these crazy collaborations through my relationships because I reach out, I will find ways, you know, and somehow it'll work, it will work out without me being a stalker. Um, so, yeah, because it's a thin line. <laughs> and so I have definitely fumbled um, a song because it, it, I definitely actually fumbled a song because of an emotion, but I made so much music from that emotion that it made it to the FIFA. So it was, I was still in that relationship I was in when I was writing phases. And so it was really warped. And I feel like how I came across to that artist who we already even changed addresses based, based in America, we were at Super Bowl together. Great. But now how I came across there, I was going through this thing. So I didn't treat that one like fully separate to it's just been work because now these emotions were just, I was with the emotions my on my own. Um, and so I don't regret, I don't really have regrets with that because 
the songs like Demon, Half a Demon, they come from that misery with that same relationship. Her friends were demons um, that I didn't want to deal with anymore. We cashed those feelings. Um, we've got a couple of, a lot of the songs in the album, like the ones where I get to show um, some vulnerability, which does not end in tears. Something I'm very conscious of in my songwriting. Um, is is the, it's I'm thankful to that relationship. So I lost one, but I I gained more, you know. So I just I just I'm aware of the different things that even your relationships can put you in positions of like you'll be like, oh my God, they're acting so weird now. You don't even know what they're hiding it behind the scenes with the person that's acting like the best partner in the world in front of people, you know. So um I mean I always say I catch feelings, then I catch them. So right now I just got dumped by my fuckship. Um so I was single for the whole year, right? And then I had a fuckship from January till the dumping, which is, fuck that date. I'm not gonna remember it. <laughs> and so I'm literally gonna go to studio now and go create for the next album. Cause I'm just like, I've got raw feelings now, let's go. So I just wanna go and get it out. Cause I'm, yeah, I'm already working on, well, I want to, now I'm starting. Literally today I'm officially starting to work on my project for 2023. No way. So I caught you on day one of the, the next big project. Oh, fuck. All Literally right. after this, I'm going to start the project. This is my last interview <laughs> before my first project, my next uh, project. All right. Okay. Well, we better make it a fucking good one. <laughs> my line next day, you'll be like, I know when you started. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'll have the inside track. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's. I want to bring it back to the very, very beginning. Okay. Um, and normally I ask my my guests, you know, what was the first gig that you were ever ever at? But knowing that you grew up with all of this diverse music in your household, I imagine the first gig you were at was basically in your bedroom or in your living room or whatever. So can you bring me back to the first gig that? you basically used your own money for. So, you know, a band was coming to town or whatever, where you were super, super excited that this person was coming. I need to go see these guys. Um, bring me back to that. What? Who was it? Where was it? What do you remember from the night? From And, and I was performing, or they, I was looking forward to their performance. You were going to see them. Oh, okay. Um, and the, I wasn't happy. I didn't happen to work at the festival. <laughs> I went to see, I left my house and I went to see them. Yeah, you bought the money, or you bought the ticket with your own money. It was like, here we go. I've never done it. You've just got free tickets all your life, and I don't have FOMO. I don't. I don't. I don't have FOMO. <laughs> so I literally, I don't know. Um, I feel like I've got my own bubble. There's a bubble I just live in, and I just don't. I really don't have FOMO. I really don't have FOMO, and I live with this thing of like I'll bump into them in the world only because of based on where I see myself as an artist. So I never have the form of like, oh, like for instance, we missed a couple of people that we bumped into at the other festivals we're playing at. So how I've operated without even being in that position, um, I've always seen myself in that position, like, ah, we're gonna be, we, you're gonna know me. Uh, we're gonna be in the same room. For instance, there's someone from, there's an artist from the UK. Um, I bumped into them in Ghana, excuse me. And they were just not nice and, I, I told my agent, I was like, let's go. Um, Sarah, while we were walking, I was like, she's gonna know who the fuck I am. In fact, her team is gonna call me because they need me. And right now, I mean, we got number one in the UK. A South African girl, bitch, like I am coming. So those things fuel me in general because I definitely see myself in that light. Like I see myself as a global artist. I see myself 
um, as uh, we're gonna have drinks. Like for instance, Barcelona, I remember before lockdown, the year before lockdown, uh, no, the year where Skepta and Grace Jones were playing. And I was playing at the other stage, I was still doing Primavera. So it's Primavera Pro and Sound, right? Yeah. Which one is which one was which one is sound pro is the one before you get to sound, right? Uh I guess so. Yeah, Primavera Sound is the, the major one, right? Yeah, the one before the major one. I was because you, know, you can access everything. It's almost like the stage before you blow up. And so I'd been doing that stage for so many years. It was my first time doing main stage this year of some sort. But like it um uh, Grace Jones, Skepta. Oh, yes, yes. And then the thing about it, I was like, oh, and I was playing at the same time where I could have gone watch to, to watch that. I was just like, it's fine. I'm going to have, I'm going to be having tea at Grace Jones' party. And people think it's just a way of me surviving. I'm just like, no, I literally mean it. I'm going to have it. My management is going to know about this thought because they, everything is possible. So that's how I let go. So in general, I think I generally find a silver lining in things um, to not hold on. Otherwise, there's things that will break you as an artist in general. So there's a bubble I've just, I know for a fact I've created for myself where there's a part that you just can't penetrate. Um, and even the world's thoughts can't penetrate. Um, I don't care if I, if I say I'm getting a song with Beyonce and you say, that's impossible. Whoever tried them like they were not me. Mm. They weren't me. I don't care who tried it before. I'm going and you're going to see how it happened after. So I just operate in the no doesn't exist world. And even if it does, I find a yes within that no. And so has that always been like, because I've heard you talk in the past about, you know, when you're coming up in South Africa, that you were basically, you, you know, you weren't only the only female person on stage with all these Africans musicians, hmm. but you were the only black person on stage with all these Africans. Yeah. So now, like, fast fast forward to, you know, you, you come from just, just you going out and booking your own gigs and doing everything to yourself. Yeah. Fast forward to now having your own management team. So, like, how does how does that switch happen to where I don't have to do all of these things I can delegate to to my management team? Yeah. Does that then, you know, free you up to do more, want you know, creative stuff, or it just gives your mind a chance to occupy different, different, you know, bubbles? I mean, it it definitely it helps with a lot. Um, where I'm now in rooms that I wouldn't be in because of also the work that my team's done before me. So when we're together, I think it's a powerhouse because we trust each other. Um, in a territory where they are experienced in. I let them do their thing in a territory I'm experienced in. They let me do my thing and we consistently learn. So it's no one's saying, oh, no, I know it all. No, it's none of that. It's, it's literally the ideal team. It's like I've waited so many years to get the ideal team where I'm myself. I've got my own creativity. And now the difference is I've even got more access and assistance. And the thing about it is I always say that your dream is yours. You can literally, um, it doesn't matter what anybody does for you if you are not pushing you know, because you have to motivate the people that are motivated. You need to motivate the people that are here to assist you in your dream. And so the moment you, you can't rest, you can't, because now you've even got a bigger chance. Now you don't have to think about admin. You're doing other things that are creative for them to sell. So my biggest, I'm a manufacturer um, of music. At this, I'm a, I just manufacture music because literally, and, and the thing is, I'm crazy because I my team now is also 
will send me something on some, okay, this song is going on radio. It's just a pop group here in London. We need vocals by end of, of the day. I'm like, okay, cool, let's go. They know I can make like an album in a night. Like, give me 24 hours. I've got your whole album for you. Because I just like the whole time. So I'm writing the whole time. I've got a lot of shit to say all the time. Like they used to call me Nombendulo when I was growing up, which means uh, answer. Because it didn't, even if there was no answer, I had an answer. So my nickname was, oh, Miss Answer. More like Miss Knows It All. <laughs> so there's no argument you ever win in general. So that's literally a quality that has, has, has proven to be great in my songwriting because I fast, I'm really fast. And another part, a huge contributor is live um, stages because when I was in Durban in fashion school, I used to go look for the mic and I didn't care what genre it was. I didn't even have the music. I just did freestyle. And so from hip hop, I started in the hip hop poetry circle, then went into the jazz space where I'd have to, where I'd put, where I, was the, I was the little girl opening up for the legends, like Yabusim Klongos, Matalagunenes and all that jazz. So, um, and with that, I had to, if it, it was Maskandi, I'd be like, I do that too. Then get that mic and just do something. And jazz, I do that too just do something. Um, hip hop, everything. Reggae, dance hall, I was writing for the song. I was writing songs for a reggae band because I didn't have a home and they had a studio. So I'd be there while I was making my first project. Um, it was, yeah. So all of that struggle is literally my magic today. And talk, can you just speak a little bit more about that whole poetry scene and the jazz scene when you were, when you were involved in that? You know, is there anything that you... Mm -hmm. That you experienced or was it was it just an emotion or anything that you can evoke from that time that you still um that you still do for your performing today it was no so then it was literally i always wanted more when i went into the poetry space i already saw it was different if you've got top three it's moonchild and two boys um if you've got top five it's moonchild and four boys and it was also people who had references with regards to their poetry so i already undermined that on some it's not even signature but i don't even right now please bear in mind i don't know the word branding but i'm already the, this girl i'm already this girl and this just came from expression and me being allowed to just be myself from home so but even in my critique i'm just like it's it, it's all based on branding basically once i knew what branding was so i'd be like these people think they smart so i started i started not liking poets because i'm just like all of you lie to each other acting smart meanwhile you're summarizing people's books that's how you're 35 living in your mama's house and you don't you only have a bed while you know the system and you don't know how to fuck it up in the system i'm not coming to that party so that's the first thing how is everyone broke but they're saying fuck the system i need to understand the system so i left that when i went to hip-hop in hip-hop it's just like, okay, yeah, great, underground motherfuckers, great, great. Um, I started getting bored when the chats are about what we could do. Meanwhile, you've got a, someone, you've got someone who's got a studio, who's doing graphics at school, photographer, but we're all sharing one beer talking about what we could do. So I hated that mentality as well there. Then I moved there, I was just like, I need more. Like, I'm not gonna be doing this for broke. Like, there has to be more. Then I went to the jazz space. Then I did, 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 did the things, did the things. And then I remember I was like, okay, fine. You know what? I think I definitely want to do my own thing. I don't want to do anything that's existing. I don't want to do anything that's safe. I don't want to do anything. I want to do my own thing. I want to create my own thing. I want to have fun. And that's when the birth of Future Get of Punk in 2006, uh, 2007 started. So then, so previous were you, was when did Moonchild Sinelli start? 
when I started in poetry from when I was on okay on, so, yeah. so you were all that was always your, yeah. your performing name even finding even within finding myself so now when I was exposed to all of that I remember my first project it was just like the soul stuff and then there'd be these comparisons of people that existed and I'm like no so I'd stop listening to these people not because I hated them but because I was like I want you to say I sound like Moonchild so whatever work it takes and I can I can tell you like I literally it it was a conscious decision. Stop, stop listening to anything you ever said I sounded like to until 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 I you call you say I sound like Munchal. Um and so when I was doing my music, I remember I wasn't necessarily exposed to electronic music or listening to anyone like that, but I was work, working with a nerd like maths and science um teacher who was like nerdy music, nerdy and everything. And so he was exposed to so much more than the hip hop that I met him in. He was doing so much other stuff. And I had this picture. I remember the first um, Future Ghetto Funk song I did was Red Eye. I had this picture. Then I had this animation I was describing to him. Then, and then I just told, I just put down the words of what I was seeing. Then he did it. He, he like literally heard me in the picture. And then that was the birth of it. From then onwards, we flew. I was like, fuck soul, fuck nothing. I'm not a soul sister, I'm a bad bitch. And I'm going to shed any motherfucking thing. And it's it's understandable because I was exposed to that. But I definitely was never wanting to be that. It did, I didn't find it to be a compliment when you said I was like, nah, it wasn't a compliment for me, it was disrespect. But for me, it was also hearing that I need to go shed off that shit. For me to not hear this, what am I supposed to do? Because I hate it. They think it's a compliment. So sharp, I'm not going to break you, but now nah, I'm Moonchild. So I mean, instead of talking about it, I worked at it and here we are. And I sound like me. You sound like you, no <laughs> doubt in that. Um, so this, this is interesting because you've, you know, that kind of sense of individuality and not wanting to be pegged in or whatever. You've talked about as well when you were a kid, how you always used to design your own outfits because yeah. you didn't want to look didn't like want anybody to be else like that other person right <laughs> and then and then so you also talk now about you know how it took you so long to get to the future ghetto funk sound so oh wait please actually do you know how long is long so i went on so when i was in Durban, i went to stage 2006 end of 2006 so my first poetry show already was invited to do radio on saturdays but my family was strict. Um, my aunt and uncle, I wasn't with my mom anymore in varsity. So they weren't allowing me to do that. So I started, I, I got a job to work at a retail store so that I could say we were stock taking while I go on radio, knowing they don't listen to that station, even though it was the original one. Um, I knew they didn't listen to that station. So people then in the community would start talking about hearing me on radio. But this is after months. And so it, it was literally about a year about it was definitely about a year into in me just doing all these things mind you i'm going to school and i'm banking school at 11 to go find a mic so this is even during school so i was doing all of that and then in the following year i was no so it was 2006 towards end of the year i did that got the job did the radio and then started recording my album in two, um, 2007 that's when future ghetto funk developed it um um yes yeah. so it was it was almost a year of me knowing that i'm bored with anything else that comes that's already established i want my own shit but then that took longer because then that came with what the fuck is this <laughs> so is the future ghetto funk sound is ne- is that now perfected or is are you always yeah, yeah? i feel like future ghetto funk at this point is really my voice <laughs> 
<laughs> and it's really me because I'm the signature in any song, in any genre, in any voice, in anything. So I think I just created my own lane and I'm rocking in it. Yeah. So does, does, does it, is it easy for you to, you know, stay individual just because that's who you are? That's what your voice is? Or are there times where you find like, oh, I've, this shit sounds like something I've done before or scratch that or is it always new? Um, with regards to hear things I hear of my stuff. Your stuff. Oh yeah, with my stuff, I'm always playing. I'm like I'm in an unlimited creative well. Like I'm always I'm always curious about something new because I'll never be defeated by a beat. Even if I struggle, I'd be swearing that I'd be on some motherfucker, wrong girl. Then I win. <laughs> so like I'll talk to the beat if it's a bit of a struggle, because I'm just like, I want to, I don't just write, I flow, you know. I, I flow without the reference because my biggest thing is hooks. And when I write, I always think of my international audience. I always think about hearing me for the first time. So I'll write in Kosa, but I always um, in studio, one thing I'm always conscious of is hooks. I use them in real life. Like I will hook you in. Um, when I use the neck, I'm conscious of the palette. Um, so I want the whole world to sing along. And when you do, even without understanding the story, the hook will get you into being involved in the song, even though you're hearing it for the first time. Those are my three missions. Every time I write a song, my only mission, everything else goes. So now you've, you've said you've said your international audience a few times so far. And you, I've read some things and heard some things where is it safe to describe your relationship with the South African audience as a little bit? Not frosty, but a little bit, you know, you might have a little chip on your shoulder because you said they, they didn't get you or they still don't get you. They get me. They love my stuff because it's different, whatever. So with regards to genres, I will make music for anything because of the limitlessness. Um, for instance, when my piano came into the scene, I went to Kamsa the Small, like the god of my piano here, um, before it got even this commercial. I remember I was like, okay, I can hear the bubble, bubbling under. Then I went there, spent six hours. I remember I was like, I need to study the... How, how you get the attention here, because I already sonnetized an emotion with um, gom. So I'll just make it a sonnet and then it's a sing along, but connecting to the most with the least words. And then my piano was worse. <laughs> so I had to sit down there. And then literally after that session, I went to write with my Porisa. The first song I wrote after going to study the genre was the huge hit. So I don't, I, I listen, I literally will sponge. So I don't operate and I know it. I will go to the source and I will find my way of understanding. There's no one can no one can describe to me. I can hear it, but if I go to the source, I'm just like they give me different um different types of recordings because they they live making this music. So it's not just that one song and you're studying one song and therefore you're sounding like an artist. It's um I think even me being a hit in South Africa as well was because of how I think and because of how I write. Um, it's just that my image scares them because there's no one who owns sexuality like me. It's performative um, sexual ownership that exists outside of lifestyle. I'm lifestyle, like I am it. My speech is sex liberation, my songs, my clothes, my existence is that, you know, um, off work, on work. So it's literally me talking on a beat usually, because that's how I think, it's not performative. So that it's almost like they'll be comfortable with the fact that they know you wear a tracksuit off. They can't even imagine me in a hoodie, first of all, actually. To them, I am 
always half naked. And so that is kudos to me though. That means I've been able to handle my brand and sell exactly what I needed to sell for that mission, which is just liberation and how they translate that, that's up to them. But I'll tell you how I translate the bullshit. Um, like right now when they call me a prostitute, now I'm just like, okay, cool. I literally just acquired shares in a sex toy company and we're about to drop sex toys. So you will, your opinion will pay me, you know? So in fact, your opinion is going to be a study because being ridiculed is something that's been normal in my life. I've always been different. It's nothing new because it's music now. I'm new to you. And so uh, let's just catch some feelings. Let's catch those opinions. Let's do that because I really can't be broken at this point. I'm going to be the different granny at that old age home. It's just <laughs> what it is, you know? <laughs> So um, with regards to South African market, it's strategy. I'm about to drop an EP now because they can't connect to the album that I've just heard. I'm about to drop an EP remix, a remix EP. I'm dropping a, a B-side single now on the 8th of November. So that's for the South African market in summer. So I don't, I don't leave anyone behind. I include them. So they dance to my shit. Don't ask them what they think of me. So you'll get the liberated and the ones, especially men, like I've had... A couple of people that have been banned from hanging out with me because when they go to their husbands, they'll be too liberated. So it's more fear of my of the power of ownership than it is anything else. And when you're scared of something, what do you do? You ridicule it. But the product, you eat it up. So I don't even argue anymore. I just give them music because they shut the fuck up when it's the music. But my creative freedom is the most it um is the most acceptable in the world. Mm. In South Africa, it's the alternative space, and that has a cap. Because no, you will not live like the paid artist if you no. So then, so you just said there, the South African audience can't connect to your album. So then, do you do you approach performing in South Africa differently than an international crowd? I've got so much music. I've got a lot of hits in South Africa. I can do an hour thirty minutes set of just sing alongs in South Africa. I've done. I've made it. I've made it here. Um, it just took longer. It just took longer and it took the strategy of me saying I'm going to collaborate without changing with people that are really speaking the language for them. And that really worked out because I really still am different in any genre that will come out of the country. It's just my voice carries everything. My speech is another and already they're already expecting to be liberated. So I think it's just I don't know. I don't know. It's the fact that they can't control it. I think um, they can't say go next door. Um, because I'll be the girl next door with a thong. It really, I could really be the, I am the girl next door to my neighbor, but I just have, happen to have a thong. It's not the description, like, you know? <laughs> so, You're too bad for South Africa. You're too bad. I'm too bad for South Africa. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm too bad. So. <laughs> um, you, you told the story as well about... Um, it was the first time you played to a black audience in the stadium the same year that uh, that your first album was out, 2015, mm -hmm. right? Um, and they started throwing fucking bottles at you. Um, and you had to be dragged off stage, basically. You were like, fuck you, motherfuckers, I'm going to be bigger than all you. Blah, blah, blah. They carried you off, right? So I want to... I'm scared of you. Fuck you, you're going to yeah, love yeah, me. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and that video still exists on my Facebook. Oh, it does? Oh, okay, Facebook. okay, nice. <laughs> I'll have to check that out because I heard you tell the story yeah. and I, yeah, it was hilarious. But can can you talk me through the okay? So you're you've been hauled off stage. Talk me through the first couple of minutes after being hauled off. Like what was going through your mind? What were you thinking? And also, has there been any other times where you've had to put your audience in check? 
Mm -mm. So this was the first, for me, that was graduation. Because when I know the history of all the legends from South Africa, they've all got a story like that. So I, I literally, when it was happening, I was just like, oh my God, this is my graduation. Yes, throw it because you are going to love me. Let me tell you something. <laughs> so it's just, I've always just had that thing. In fact, I was so fearless. I did four songs. I went into the fourth song. They carried me because they were scared for the sound. Now the drinks are getting on stage. I'm just like, I ain't scared. Throw some more, I'm feeling hot anyway. So now it's like I'm feeling them, but I'm just like, <clears throat> not the one. I'm not going anywhere. I ain't scared. And look where we are now. They, none of those motherfuckers will remember a single bit of that moment because now it's they consumed it. That's when you know it's fickle. So just sell product for as long as they've got an opinion on you. Yeah, and who knows? Probably a lot of that crowd has probably paid to see you since, right? So as you said, fuck them. You know what I mean? <laughs> you said you said as well that when you're when you're making beats um you you never want to force it you want to evoke something right like it has to kind of, and you've said yes. already that you have to want to kind of flow or whatever does that mentality apply to your live shows you know i basically do you go up there and you just let it flow or are you trying to are you trying to you know tell a story or or basically what is the goal when you're on stage that's when i curate i definitely curate um, ah, okay, yeah, okay. I curate my flow of how I'm going to go. The theme is consistent. Um, liberation, liberation in any shape, way, way, shape or form. Because for instance, even with um, songs like Undumpable, the girls love, like, I remember Americans were saying it reminds them, uh, it, it sounds like it's going to be the new um, Truth Hurts by Lizzo. Um, because it's a reality of moments where someone will call you a stalker or the crazy girl and you know, excuse me, there's one boy in your life, you've definitely been that girl, but it was an emotion that was evoked and therefore because the album celebrates all shades of us and all our phases, that's fine too, because you're not a stalker to everyone, you're a stalker to that one, you can let it go and go be a favorite regret after this, you know, <laughs> and then for there you can jive it to Luca, and then from there you can tell him, uh, broke boys bother bad bitches with the budgets you know and from there you know they literally be all those because we are all those people there's no way I can write about all those 50 emotions and I have not been it at all like for instance I feel I felt like I'm the song Undumpable <laughs> um, when I fumbled this one feature but it's just one I felt like Undumpable yeah and then now I had to be the one who has to forgive myself I'm like girl do you remember what this album is for so it's like it's like I when I say I've written, I'm writing for what I wanted to hear as a kid, for me to feel perfect, for me to feel fine in my body, for me to be open about um, sexual um, assaults and all those things. I've become that. But what I've realized is that even though I think I'm writing for my past, I actually write for my future because I only listen to my content when I'm down. That's how my, even if I'm not saying anything, when I play my songs, because I've got a song about every scenario, then I'll play it. Um, some scenarios I've not been through yet, and then I live it and I'd be like, oh shit, here's, I'm living the entire song. <laughs> so it's so beautiful. It's, it's, it's a beautiful, yeah, it's a beautiful thing. Cause it's like, I write and then I heal myself um, again. After thinking I was just healing women or just liberating women, I, I, I re-liberate myself with my content as well when I'm down. Nice, self-therapy, self-soothing, love it. Um... <laughs> That's what happens when I run away from home. <laughs> Well, you either break or you figure shit out and it becomes your magic. Really what you choose to do. Yeah, good good point. Good point. Um, you've said as well, you've, you've talked about empowerment, female empowerment there, and you've talked how the Spice Girls empowered you when you were, when you were a little mm -hmm. baby moon, right? 
Um, so, so I guess, are there any other, any other artists from your childhood that you, you know, might evoke when you're on stage that energy? And also, who's the best Spice Girl? And if they ask you to be the sixth Spice Girl, what's your Spice name? Uh, Moon Spice or Blue Spice. What the fuck? <laughs> I'm already it. They will not have to rebrand me. <laughs> I don't have to be thrown in. all right and who's who who like who did you identify with from the spice girls growing up or was it just the overall message of empowerment baby spice and crazy um baby spice and crazy spice why those two why those two i literally feel like i actually have both of them in me actually because i always say i i i so because of my hair for a long time i scared black boys until the fame so when I didn't scare them, it would be, they'd get confused because it's like, oh my God, the body. Oh, but what is that hair? But the body, but the hair. So once I realized that I loved fucking with their minds, because um, then I was just like, fuck it. I'm not going to date, it's fine. Um, and so, and then now it being big, now it's like, oh, my child. But, but the saddest thing now is, and you get, I get a win and then you lose someone. So the saddest thing for me is when they when guys talk to me, they talk to me like they're comp- commenting on my twerking video on Instagram. And I'm literally like, I'm a nerd. I, I just know how to play. I play what I need to play where I need to play it. Um, Because I'm observant. So I won't be threatening in a place where I'm just like, uh, small dick energy, let's go. Uh, do you know what I mean? Because people always prove a point. So... Um, actually, there's a there's a there's a there's a, there's a, a reel I just posted on Instagram. It was Marilyn Monroe. This man says, "Oh, you're not so dumb." Well, men don't really like women that are dumb. Yeah, so uh, that are smart. Anyway, um, but it's it's uh, it's it's so funny because now it's the same motherfuckers, and then the ones that think they're trying to be respectful because they associate um creativity with being broke, and they just come. You know, you want lunch? I'm like, bitch, I'm hungry. Like. I'm not the girl. Like I'm not a. I'm not a. Oh, I'm wearing Gucci now. Like first of all, I don't post anything that doesn't pay me. It's business. Um, I don't flex for accolades. If I'm broke, they're not gonna give me money. When I'm not, why should I share that? Um, it's 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 been funny watching them because I watch them and I write songs like Condom Collector. I wrote this one because this guy tweeted a manager of a big artist tweeted from America that he's coming to SA wants to meet me. Now my friends are calling me from all over. Like I remember Sina was the first one from New York. She's just like, yo, this person's calling you. And I'm like, okay, sharp, whatever. So I happen to have someone who had their number and I'm like, hi, here you looking for me. So I'm thinking like, okay, feature, great, let's rock. Um, then he's like, oh no, let's link. I want to chat to you. I'm like, okay, cool, great. We link. Now the thing is, I see in the club, he's getting the... Yeah, boy, you got the girl. And I'm just like, I'm the wrong girl. Because while I'm dancing, I'm looking at this shit. I'm like, okay, cool. I know what I'm doing tonight. Then he's like, let's go. I'm like, let's go. I'm like, let's get some Henny. We get a bottle. Then we go to my place. My place, I put on my stockings and my sweater. I take out a, um, a deck of cards. I take out some glasses. And I'm like, let's play Crazy Eight. And I told him in the club, I said, um, we're going to we're gonna go to my house. We're going to drink this Hennessy. We're going to play games. And we're going to sleep. And you're going to go home. And he laughed. I'm like, you still don't know me. I love being undermined. Because when you hate me by the time I prove you wrong. <laughs> and I ended up writing a song called Condom Collector. So <laughs> that shit's now. So because of that, because of that knowledge, I'm not fascinated by the now with their fascination now. In fact, now it's almost like ugh, little bitches. Ugh. 
So yeah. <laughs> It's so love that, yeah. So now after my, that's why I like my faction. My faction was like a nerd, not into the media, public stuff, does his own thing. Great. No one knows. No one ever really knows who I'm dating, unless it's business and I'm doing a reality show, but no one ever knows. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's usually my business. So I, I don't know. We'll see now. There's a lot of people making, but I'm just like, hmm, I don't care about that content really. Because there's sometimes I'll be like, okay, let's give it a chance. Let me get some content. It looks a little risque edgy and i'm just like nah this one just literally i just posted another booty shot today they call me like clockwork to a point where i'll sit in my bed and i'll be like okay let's go you know max because it go and i am really not interested it's just funny to watch it's like i play games with myself now and in in hindsight it's definitely to protect myself as well knowing where their minds are at um so trusting any of these motherfuckers at this point is not a thing. And I've, I I know with myself, I don't operate in fear in general. So if anything, my best friends always say, oh, when are you always in love? Like if I know one person who will fall in love, it's you. Who is it this time? <laughs> so it's not something that blocks me from anything. It's just, I just don't tolerate bullshit anymore. I've never tolerated bullshit. It's just even worse now that it's even the magnitude of the people that are hollering they come with so much attitude and I'm like, I'm not a kept bitch. Like, first of all, when I was broke, I swore to never date older men because I've always had a mouth and now I don't see myself having a mouth and then begging for tampons because I don't have money. So I was like, nah, I'm going to make my own shit. So I always have this voice and I always have control over me and my opinions, my thoughts and never have to beg um, until if I, if I can find someone sharp, great. But if I can't, I'll write music. I'll fuck with the bank. Mm. Well, do you miss having guys being scared of you? Are scared of me. That's why they talk shit. Uh, All my exes, I mapped in them. Everyone? Yeah, the ones I call exes. I call everyone else rehearsal. Um, so technically, I've had three. <laughs> so technically, I've had three exes. <laughs> and a lot of rehearsals. And a lot of rehearsals. <laughs> so... <laughs> So it's, it's just like, yeah, I was, they, they would have been scared otherwise because it's just like, I generally go for what I want. It's just that just now, now it's too, right now, it's, um, if I do the same thing I used to do prior, it's like, it's just not the same with the magnitude. Now it's like you expect a yes. Now you don't have someone who's resistant. Now they just want you to call them. It's just like, ugh, give me a challenge. I'm actually like, I'm a, What's the word? I'm a. I'm not the chaser. I'm a chaser. I'm a pursuer. Uh huh. Naturally. A pursuer of what exactly? In general. Yeah. Oh, I am a pursuer. I I I like pursuing people. I like pursuing. I don't like. I love being pursued. But I don't know. There's a thin line between me being bored and me entertaining. Oh yeah. I like being handled but not controlled. And I don't know when, if, when, they never know the line. They don't know the difference. I don't think I know the difference either. <laughs> but I don't know, I can definitely feel control. Everything else I was like, don't control me. That's the one thing. That's the one thing, don't control me. That's why even with music, the, the label, there's no control. And with my team as well, for them to get me to do things, I tell them, don't tell me like, and I have to, like, don't tell me. There's ways my team knows how to <laughs> ask, speak. ask, don't tell. There's ways they make me, they, they make, they get me. Yeah, yeah. The more urgent, when it comes to songwriting, great, whatever, like everything else, like 
all the other stuff that comes with the music. And they'll be like, okay, cool. So if this one is not here by then, it's okay. This money will go out. We'll just give it. Then they know. It's like just, but don't mention money like out loud because I'll be like, now you, now you're forcing me because you know I don't fuck with my money. But I don't like knowing that I know you think I don't know you're forcing. It's just tricky, but it's not when you crack me. Mm. It's simple. Easy peasy. No, but easier. <laughs> <laughs> Um, come here. I want to talk a little bit about you know you as somebody who's toured the world extensively years and years and years and years and years. Um, can you talk to me about you know, let's let's take the first time you traveled a little bit for touring versus yeah. now. How has the landscape changed? Because we see and and obviously COVID fucked everything up, and we see all of these artists now just not deciding to cancel tours last minute, saying it's not worth it. it we're not making enough money. It's too too bad. Our mental stress inflation all that shit so where does where do you stand currently on on touring you know is it still something that you love and is just an absolute piece of your soul or have you started to look at the business and financial things and started to kind of look at it with a little bit of a different view i've always looked at it as business in general um because i've seen it as i've seen it to be my life so I haven't done it. I don't think I've done it long enough to complain. With regards to music, let me tell you something. I'm here for all of it. I'm here for all of it. So these some people's complaints are privileges to me. Um, and I even now going to studio, I always see it as a privilege. That's why I don't waste time in studio. You know, um, no, it's my life. It's my. It's always been my business. It's definitely my life. I ain't canceling nothing. <laughs> Good. I, I want to be, I want, I want my own arena. Ah, the the Moonchild Sonelli Arena. Yes. Where where what does this look like and where is it? I'll start in the UK. It'll feel like Playland when you walk in my whole face. <laughs> <laughs> Stop looking around, or maybe just moving eyes. So this could be like a like a metaverse type thing, right? Literally. Are you into that shit? I'm into it, but the label yeah. was saying they're looking into it properly and all that jazz. But I know my manager speaking to um, one of the artists I just dropped with. He does in um, Jake, Jake Murphy. He does NFTs and all that meta world stuff. So Lauren is getting a better understanding um, of it, which is just, I think that's just us as me and her. Because it's me and her first, then labeled, we shop, we do the shopping, we do the pushing in general. We do that. So we, it's with a, with a mecca. And then the, the rest of the team. Is that something that you think about? You know, what the future live performance of Moonchild looks like? Yeah. So, so okay, get, let me, let's fast forward a couple of years, you know, ver, versus what you have going on right now. What's your ideal live setup? My filled stadiums with moon moppers. Like, you just see moon mops everywhere. It'll look so clean. <laughs> <laughs> I see that I see I see man I just see myself in all the stadiums I see them just looking like me because in the small in the parts that I've been to even when I was touring with the Anvor um the fans that ended up coming to become my fans um they would be doing braids in Russia 
and then sending me his songs and some i had to find someone to do braids colorful braids so it's just like you get to see bits and pieces of it when they dm you but she's just like i'm waiting for when it is the entrance is a moon mop and everybody's just mopping hopefully yeah everybody owning their bodies everybody in every territory just because i say i'm the freedom demon like i'll give you the license to to leave to let your soul leave you to have fun and then you can think about your life later so in the on stage i'll be like i hope you're wearing the right underwear because your leg is going in the air and don't don't hold it back but you can think about your life after the show is done so i want that freedom demon to exist in, in any time you hear moon charles and without even having to see me live i want you to just put on your undies and just motherfucking rock your body whether you're having a fed day or a normal day because fat days are more like in the head but your body is your body and you can literally fucking rock that thing all mm. the time you know anytime your way so until it's the liberation for me it's the liberation and freedom just freedom to express like if they came with all the cleaning utensils from the kitchen like come with a broom come with the thing we've achieved something because i always say success also has no uniform there's no uniform to success and so with all the rejections that i've had for this hair i'm oh what if you did it in a i'm like no i even own the patent because i was ready for my greatness i called my lawyer and i said david i'm going to be great they're going to steal it before my time can you please register this then patent it i don't know what you need to do just do it he was like i believe you let's go so these things of just being ready for what you are and your team at that time is like who the fuck do you think you are um what what do you think this is special i'm like think about it is i've been with myself for so many years you just know my product for this year and you don't know what i've been through for me to know where i'm going um outside of you just believing in what you're hearing but not the entire image is a whole product mm. you know before you hear what i have to even say so yeah it's just everyone knowing themselves and being comfortable in their skin and just fucking rocking you know just mastering your black sheep because it's actually the silver lining in the world those are the magicians that change the narrative so that those are the mind shifters those are the people that make you see a world different those are the change makers you know the ones that were rejected at some point if they don't cry about the world rejecting them and see the magic in the world not understanding them and then creating their own world you know and then yeah mm. have you seen you know as you've gone on have you seen your influence on your crowd grow like you, you just talked there about how you want to see stage you want everybody in the moon moths have you as yes. you've been going like and you're looking out at the crowd do you see your style your influence in the in the people that are looking back at you and what's that feeling like it feels amazing it feels like mission is getting accomplished one by one even the industry south african industry um 2015 i remember being rejected for the song cuz i was the video victim in my own video music video and i had girls <gasps> for victims as well how dare i they banned it but let me tell you something right now industry the yeah they banned it i can't i can't i can't, Why? I can't put down women as a woman but i'm like but if 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 i was a nigger then those girls that were dancing that are my friends owning their bodies you would be protecting us from owning our bodies you don't protect the girls that are not even that actually need protection from rappers you don't protect them but you're protecting a woman who's owning their body with her friends that own their body so you're not ready for this and i remember i don't even i, I didn't care <laughs> I, i didn't even know cigarettes were even allowed to be advertised my album cover had a cigarette uh. so it's just like i already said president for just my brand so at this point there's nothing shocking Do you know what I mean? It's like what's new, but it's not like oh my god, how could she? There's definitely none of that. It's always like it's Moonchild. 
So that's given me so much freedom that no one else really has. And I'll tell you another thing, like, um, oh yes, the industry, the, the girls in the industry now own their bodies more with regards to their performance outfits. You can see even with the new ones now, I'll be like, okay, I was the reference here, I was the reference here. Even when I get a stylist, I'm the reference because I, I'm a designer. So I create my own stuff and I don't like trends, I set them. So even with that, it's always like, please do what you've seen me do, make it better, do something that takes it a level from that. I don't want things that you've seen from everyone that exists because I created what I created. And so that like stylists panic when they have to work with me because I really trust them because I'm very fussy. Um, I'm very, very fussy. And so, but with the girls, girls are owning it more, man. Like they're owning it more. Like I know when I came back from the America I had the corset phase. Now they're in the corset phase for December. So I'm definitely influencing the culture. They all have teal wigs now. They wear wigs that are this color to evoke that moonshine, whatever. It's, I'm literally present. I'm here. I am definitely changing this motherfucking industry. And I'm seeing it happen on my own. I don't even need someone to do this. Do you know when you've created something, you can see your storyboard. You can see your work. That's just that. And I'm satisfied because it was never about the accolades. It was about the change. And it's happened. Mm, get it, girl. Um... <laughs> <laughs> you talk, you mentioned Deanne for it there um, so it's always an interesting thing for me is the whole support slot and how how you know how important that is right like because it obviously opens you up to different audiences it gives you more whatever it gives you more practice exposure yeah. all of this stuff so mm -hmm. can you talk to me first about you know how how do you approach if you're you know if it's a moonchild show or if you're supporting somebody else's show does that change your attitude to performing and also when how involved are you in the in choosing the support for your shows like when you're touring i'm definitely involved my team will just not stress me with having to think far they know who i like because i'm very concentrated when i'm into someone so they'll know who i like they even know them like for instance you'll be like who are you listening to and they'll be like women listening to i can't try and then it's that guy, they literally like always know that. But um, it's very important. I treat every stage opportunity the same. I will give you the same energy. I'll give you the same energy, 10,000, 100, 100 people. I'll give you the same energy because um, whatever the number of people is there in the crowd, I party in my head first to not be, to not, to not be affected by whether I'm received or not received. So you'll always get the same energy. That is one thing that's consistent. I'd never undermine my audience, whoever I'm working with, and in fact, that's why I get hired to open up for these acts because they, there's a consistent energy, you know, I bring out of a crowd, period. So I'm the best person to rile them up. <laughs> and you've talked as well about that, just that actual fact, right? Um, so, you know, you might get to a venue and they don't have drums or whatever. So it's like, okay, no drums tonight, we'll figure it out. Can you when you walk into a venue for the first time, can you kind of tell or is there like a little six or seven cents where you're like, I can tell how this night is going to go based on the look and feel of this venue and how how I'm being received by the venue people. Um, no, I usually tell based on me. Just you, okay, okay. My performance is never affected by external. So the venue never impacts how you approach your performance. I have to control it. I have to control it. Um, I always control it. I come from a space where I remember I was booked for, when I just was new in Joburg, I was booked for the show and this guy who was my manager, he was fucked up actually. Um, he was like, uh, you can't perform tonight, but I've already been on the poster and I'm new there, but I've already got my background. 
um, followers from Durban. So I was now pushing in Joburg. And so he, I, I had my beatbox in my pocket like this. I was, I somehow knew, he didn't give me reason, but I somehow knew because I'm just like, every single thing will be covered. We took the show with just me and the beatboxer. The band were there, they did their thing, but we took the show, just me and the beatboxer. So I've always been in control. So I think one of the things from Durban as well, in bands, um, I remember a time I even competed with bands that were in varsity. And in this, you win a record label and money and whatever. I just wanted the money. Um, so, you know, when you're just like, let me enter, I want to win. So it was one of those. So I just took my beatbox and my backing vocalist. I was like, we're going to compete with the just um schooled people but i ain't scared of nobody so let's go fuck them up um we fucked them up they even took us out of the competition to be like we want to sign you immediately went to one session and i was like this motherfucker will not know what to do with me i can see it's limited i already know my sound i'm not coming to do to do, i'm not doing this and i just left i was like mm. they didn't even understand my image that was worse so i'm like you don't get my sound you get my image but you've nice me because you can smell money but you don't know how you're going to make that money and so I'm out and I left Then I came here. Then I've always, and then I decided, I remember I decided um, back in Durban as well, that I am not getting a band. I'm not going to be held back by a guitarist who doesn't, whose dream is not as, as big as mine, who's just doing it because they can, whose priorities aren't like mine, you know, the support. I'm not going to be held back by any support. That's how I've operated. So the idea of a band, I was like, also, I don't want to split my money into 10 people. <laughs> <laughs> don't want to do that. So I started the DJ thing. I started getting a DJ um, back in Durban. So I was moving with the way I'm moving when I made the decisions that I made. Nope, I'm not splitting that shit. I still need to build now. Nah. So, um, and then I've, I've always had to depend on myself. So even with the touring over the years, then it was just me. And I'll find a DJ. I will find something and I will give you the show. And this was definitely the biggest year because I could, this year we finally could afford to get the entire South African team to travel with me, to get state checks and to pay for everything, you know? Everyone got paid, everyone got to travel, everyone got to do the things. And I still got to kill the shows even harder. But um, without the, and with the visas, if I hadn't been experienced in having to handle my on my own, I would have sunk um, with the shows that I had to do while waiting for the team because I, I, I was already doing London stuff. So my visas always kind of, sorted um and they were waiting on this but the festivals had to happen so i did i had to do what i did so you always like all those struggles and all those hassles you literally go back to that jar to assist you when there's something happening in the magnitude so it's all really bigger picture eventually what is it just uh, listen to you talk about all of this stuff is it safe to say that you you know you kind of have the ultimate freedom that every creative person seeks where you don't feel any pressure. You don't feel the need to have to live up to anybody. You don't feel nervousness getting on stage. You're just purely in that kind of free moment. Is that safe to say? I'm definitely nervous on stage because I mean, it is strangers. And then I, I use that. Um, I'm not nervous in a crippling way. I'm nervous because it's just like, I'm excited, I'm nervous, I'm about to kill it. Oh my God, new crowd. Okay, cool, gonna fuck it up, let's go. And then even my prayers like, yo, Bradji, you know the gag, let's fuck shit up. You know, we're bad bitches, we travel too far, let's show them what we're made of, motherfucker. Let's get it. And then we go, amen, amen, let's get it. So it's just like, even, I mean, and then if someone would be like, oh, you're so disrespectful to God, and aren't you made in his image? I'm a part of his image, bitch. Like, which part of the Bible do you choose to read? 
I don't even read the Bible, but I know the parts that work for me. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. Yeah. Um, coach, coach. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to me about the the hour before getting on stage. Talk to me about it. I think I just go. I um I definitely imagine controlling the crowd. Um, I imagine having them at the palm of my hand. And then when the process is about to begin, that's the nervous part because I know what, I, what my end goal is. And so you get over that first song, then everything breaks loose. Hmm. So there is a, the first song is a little bit different feeling for you. Yeah, especially with this tour because we started with favorite, favorite regret. And favorite regret is literally me singing about what I'm doing in that moment. Like we're overseas, we know a lot of things. Mm. foreign currency um it's literally it's so it feels so crazy because i'll be i'll be singing it and i'm doing it yeah yeah it's like it's like the words are telling me what to do but i'm doing the words <laughs> it's the craziest and the team feels the same thing so we even ended up saying this is literally our prayer because my one dancer she's just like she wants to cry every single time that's on start <laughs> because she's also living it you know, and it's her first time living it. And now I, I was writing it from having lived it, but I'm living it. So it's still as trippy to me. It's trippier to her because it's the first time doesn't those, those words don't come from her, but I'm describing her current moment. Mm. So it's trippy for all of us, that first one. So I feel like we found on this tour, we found the prayer song. Because with the other, with the other times of touring, it's just go boom. I just jump in with the energy. And because of phases had a lot of, so then that is a different type of set we build into, you know, the vibes. Um, but I'd say definitely, I think our song, our, medita our medita meditative song is Favorite Regret Before We Start. That's the one that does the loading, we're about to kill it. Let's go. So all the nerves, everything is shut down. We're getting into it. And then we're out. Okay, so then tell me, you're out. So tell me about the hour after you get off stage. Then we're fucked up, energetic. Like, <laughs> we're just like, what's next? Let's go. <laughs> we're crazy. Our high is as high as we left the stage. It's just like, then boom. Next flight. So, and then it's just, we've just got so much energy. It's, it's like even the perfect team because we're the same wild with the same levels of wild in our in us specializing in our things you know um one thing um tim said from the label he was like do you know i've worked with so many artists and i work with so many artists and i've never experienced an artist who gives shine for everyone in the team and not feel like they're taking their shine and i'm like no because that's not how i look at it i look at it in this way when you're a vocalist you get the best backing vocalist someone who even sings better than you for your show to be great um you get the best dancer you get the best, you get the best, you know, so that the show is the best. And we're all shining. Still the Moonchild show, but we're all shining. I don't understand how you could be insecure about something that's assisting you and helping with the greatness. That's just, I don't know, that's not my baby to carry or to care about. But it was something that he was saying to me, which it's very rare that even behind the scenes on some, please tell them to move backwards a bit. In fact, I'm like, no, come, let's do this. We're rocking, bitches. Let's fuck it up. And we win, you know? That's so funny that you say that because you're, you're bringing me back to seeing you live and I couldn't agree more with what you just said, you know? Like, you're all up on the DJ booth with your legs up, you know, you're all interchanging, dancing, every, like, 
there's no meat the front then with the back it's all just uh, yeah. uh one big love in yeah. yeah nice one nice one so i love it as well cool. as my team because i even tell them i'll always be like go chase your money if you're getting something bigger elsewhere but the difference is they they too don't feel the freedom they feel they feel like they do the jobs but when they with me they free and it's not for free so i end up being chosen in general because of the emotion that i evoke i do pay but the emotion that I evoked, I feel like they value it even more. And the fact that it's operation on no fear, on no fear, like on some go, you'll choose me if you want to, but go, like go chase your money. I know this is a hassle. This is a whatever, go do your thing. And they always come back. So it's, it's literally people who've chosen to be there. People that also, don't also look at me as just a check. It's people that actually have fun being there. My entire team is women and queer people. And it's, Everyone that's been shined on in the world and, and it's super magical. It's like, let's do this magic here. Let's show them then black, uh, black ship magic. Let's put it together because I come from those same rejections. That's why I hire people that have come from those rejections. And so that it's like, there is a place, there is a place for you without being charitable because it's still a business at the, same, at the end of the day. But I'm very conscious of um, not, not hiring um, straight men. I don't hire straight men. They've already got it. And they are our hurdles in general, so they can hurdle elsewhere. I've got my bad bitches. <laughs> um, all right, I wanna, I'm gonna pepper you. I have some moon themed questions for you. All right. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll start off nice and simple. What's your favorite moon? Blue. Why? Because I keep blowing up, and when you talk about me in future, you'll say she blew up. There you go. All right. <laughs> So, okay, so the the moon, I have a little quote here, right? The moon tells a story of, it's a fundamental story, right? So birth, growth, fullness, decay, death, rebirth, okay? So that's the story of transformation, the story of humanity, of, and of consciousness. So what's the story that you're trying to tell when you're performing? Um, own it, bitch. Just own it. All of it. <laughs> own it done all right it's so funny because i'm like scorpio in moon and all those like transformation rebirth literally story of my life but like yeah coming soon that's literally going on right now and it's all that jazz yeah but right. every november like that like this time last year i was breaking up i'm like my birthday is a curse i'm lying fuck that shit my birthday is the best touch wood um and so it's just the rebirth that yeah i'm scorpio in moon vale, and it's just i so happened to be moon child who's a scorpio <laughs> So you, yeah, your birthday's in a few weeks, right? Happy, happy early birthday! Thank you. Do you do you celebrate your birthday? Is it like a one big blowout? No, it's not necessarily a big blowout, but I've got like um, I've got I've got I've got like a, I've got a lot of guy friends. And they'll just throw a party for me. I was like, okay, cool, great. Here we go again. But this year, literally this morning, I was like, get a venue. I want to do it properly. Like, I'm just like, I've even hired the strippers who are going to be the waiters for the night. So I've got three girls, three boys. They're serving the whole night in the regalia. Everyone is dressed glamour, glamour on the moon. So oh. it can really be like, so that's my theme. So this one, I'm definitely going all in. I'm going all in on this birthday. <laughs> Good. Like I might as well just like secretively with my team, um celebrate all the other achievements you know fucking dead right yeah yeah I'm guilty i always feel guilty to celebrate like that's why i literally always have like last minute parties because i'll think of a party now and be like okay cool let's do uh um please call this person i'm throwing a party tonight 
and then it'll happen so fast because I never want to schedule in future. I, I will never, I'll never, I'll never do a personal thing um, and not take a gig. Like I've been wanting to do my boobs, but I'm just like six weeks, I could have been working. Like I'm gonna sit there and just recover. It's not that deep, let's go work. So it's that thing. So Ashwin, my, um, my agent in Africa, he's just like, dude, like take a break. I'm like, no. I take a break in the city. Please tell the club owners that I'm coming so I can work and not feel guilty about not working. So this year I am consciously doing it. Good. This year I'm never going to celebrate myself. Fuck it. Like I'm just going to do it. I'm going to do it. Get it. I think about the money. Ah, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Oh, it's right. Money away for just for the birthday, away from anything else. Like I won't even have to take from my business. But I'm like, actually, let me fucking do it. Okay, you know, now I'm going through the thinking, am I doing it or am I not? I'm doing it. Doing it. You've said it now. You can't You can't go back on it. This is going to go live out to the world, so. I can't go back. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so the sun is just one sun, but the moon is many moons. So how many moon childs are there? Um, I'd say... One that goes through a lot of phases. I go through all the shades of the moon as one. Okay, so next question. So the moon represents both eternity and time. So eternity in its changeless patterns, the ever-occurring cycle, and in time in the phases. So what time and phase are you in right now? Global domination. Oh, shit. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> next um the moon is called wanderer by many peoples because it moves in an ellipse not a circle and it moves faster and slower depending on its proximity to earth so it's extremely difficult to predict mm -hmm. are you difficult to predict absolutely that's why i stay single because you can never confirm <laughs> um Okay, new moon, new moon. We can't see the new moon because its lighted side is turned towards the sun and directly away from Earth. When was the last time you didn't want to be seen by the world? Today. Why? I stay in bed because it's work. The world makes you work even when you just want to chew. That's why you have to celebrate your birthday. You have to take a little moment to not feel guilty and <laughs> chill out, right? Okay, now I'm definitely... Yes. <laughs> um, Buddha I'm sure you're familiar with Buddha is said to have achieved enlightenment at full moon has mm -hmm. there ever been a moment on stage when you've had a full Buddha moon, Buddha sorry a Buddha full moon like moment where everything just clicked for you you felt more than yourself part of a bigger thing or is that always the way you feel on stage I'm sure there's those moments um, touring with the unworld watching oppressed white people in a filled up stadium, looking at a black girl as liberation. And the black girl comes from an oppressed black space. Me seeing that I am freedom in the world outside of mine alone. And yeah, it's, it was another, it was one of those moments where you just like Scandinavian countries and you've got the stadium and people are just like, my God, it's, um, that's the moments where that makes you know it's bigger you mm. thought it was going to be big it's bigger than what you thought do you consider yourself a lucky person yes my dad's name is lucky <laughs> so um, i when i swam i was the lucky spam um and then 
I'm definitely, I mean, I'm, I feel like I'm definitely lucky because I'm always ready for opportunity. Isn't it um, luck meets opportunity? But not with a lotto. I'd rather have control with my own millions <laughs> than bet on. The lotto is a scam, though. I know. Isn't it the same as, I mean, this is the same way you could look at then religion and the ones that make business from the traditional healing and capitalism, period. All right, fine. We won't get too deep into that, but agree. No, don't worry. <laughs> not even that deep. Now I'm always just like, so I'll give you two, I'll give you quotes in different things. Like, so if your ancestors have so much power and they punish you for being poor and you have to get all this money and a loan to get your power, is that really a thing? Because if they know how, if they're that powerful, they should know you're struggling and should be assisting you to be able to do this lottering thing. That's the first thing you should be asking yourself. Secondly, in religion, so they say God helps those who help themselves. Great. You're out here criticizing prostitutes who are in the same position as you on their knees. The difference between them and you is you're paying and hoping and they're going on their knees in the same position as you, holy ma'am, and uh, getting their money immediately. Who's smarter? Anyway, that's not mine. Um, another one, do you know what I mean? So you choose the ones that make you not empower yourself, period. Yeah. So it's never that deep. It's very like, I'll give you the most shallowest basic line because I'm not in there that deep that will make it like, you don't, you choose not to think about whatever it is that you believe in, bitch. Like just believe in your own power because you can change everything. Mm -hmm. Well said. Um, my last moon question. All right. No. Do you know? Uh, well, we, okay. We can get a few more. Um, do you know the story of Osiris, the Egyptian, the first king of Egypt? Mm -hmm. My daughter's name is Artemis, but that's in Greek mythology. So, okay, so different side of the same coin. So, Osiris, right? He's he was known as the Lord of the Moon. He was the first king of Egypt. Um, mm -hmm. His brother Set murdered him not once but twice. Right? Um, the first time, Isis, his wife, Osiris's wife, resurrected him. Okay, everything was grand. Seth killed him. She resurrected and then then set the second time, killed him, but chopped him up into 14 different pieces and scattered all of the pieces of Osiris around Egypt, which now mm -hmm. which now Egypt is now known as Land of the Moon. Isis got him, put mm -hmm. him back together, except this time when she was putting them all together, his dick was swallowed by a fish in the Nile, right? And then and that's why the Nile, which gives fertility to all of Egypt was it believed to be mm -hmm. the result of Osiris's semen. So my question to you is, which is worse, having your dick chopped off or being killed twice by your brother? Because, I mean, if you kill twice and the second time you come, your, duck, your dick is already chopped off. So maybe chop it off so I can have an experience in the other world twice because I'm going to come back with no dick anyway. So I can write about the other world once. <laughs> Because why stay alive and no no extra experience but trauma with one with no dick when I could have an experience leading to no dick? I'll probably be more, more fulfilled than wanting to have sex. There you go. Um, all right, Moonchild, I've taken up far too much of your no, time. No, another one, another one. I don't have any more. I, 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 they're all written down here. Uh, let's see. Uh, <laughs> no, they're all done. They're all done. That's all the moon ones. Oh, me. Well, 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 talk to me about the moon, because like the moon is this, you know, the moon was worshipped before the sun, right? And then agriculture came along and then the whole world changed to sun worshipping uh, versus moon worshipping. Mm -hmm. and, and they say that, you know, it's 
it's more we need light more at night than we do during the day so the the light that the moon gives us mm-hmm. is more important yeah. than, than the the light that the sun gives us do you um, do you agree with that mentality you know uh, you know what is it about the moon that you particularly um connect with so my name moonchild comes from my mom my mom was a traditional healer um yes yeah so trans- direct translation is umdani nyanga and the so in Kosa, Inyanga is one word for the moon and a healer. So instead of saying I'm a child of a healer, I went to the moon. And funny enough, I actually ran away from initiation because like they were lying to me. So I've been there and I did my first lot of thing. And then there was a time because I'm I obviously had the gift because I got it from my mom directly without having to be initiated. And when you when you have the calling, you you know, you don't necessarily have to be practicing and healing people um through being a traditional healer there's so many different ways you know um through your gifts and so i know i dream stuff and my dreams are very clear so when i was there i tell them my dream which was super clear and they'll confuse it then i started watching this pattern like for a whole week they confusing me and i was like nah man i'm out then I left and they were like, oh, you're not going to succeed. Your sisters are not great. I was like, my mama spirit is the best. She's out here looking after me. In fact, she's probably the one who said, I must get the fuck out of here. And I'm like, mm. what you say today, huh? I still got my dreams. I didn't have to pay no motherfucker to initiate me to do something I wasn't even meant to do. The gift is just a gift. It's just a gift. When you have clairvoyancy, you just have it. When you have, you know what I mean? Like, it's just that. So I know how to operate with that. I, I. I know how to operate with it. It's almost like a, a guide, um, but it's not one of those things where like, okay, tell me what's going to happen now because I'm very happy with my present. I feel like every time you look into your future it's because you're not satisfied with your present. And um, when I use my psychic cards, for instance, I've had cards for 14 years because when I had the calling, there's times where I couldn't explain what my dreams were. I didn't understand. And I just ran away from home. So I didn't have the guidance. So I had to figure this shit out. Um, and then I'd bump into people, you know, that were that would pick it up, energy like the matrix that pick up the whole thing and then tell you stuff. And I don't buy, I don't I don't believe in any just, I don't believe bullshit, you know, like I can, I can smell bullshit. Um, but I'd, I'd have that. So I remember one advised me to get cards. So it's like, get cards because you get, you keep having these dreams that you can't translate, you need to get cards. And I hadn't told her, I was like, okay, cool, great. Then I got them when I was pregnant with my daughter, I was 14 now, that's how I know, that's how I know how old they are. Um, and with the card, I've had the card. So for instance, if I check the cards, I'll check with regards to a situation. But with regards to work, I know I'm in control. Hmm. Hmm. So are the cards the, the only thing that you intentionally keep around the whole, you know, the gift stuff? Or is it just, is there anything else that you do to... I just keep them because I, at this point, um, a lot of my dreams are very clear. Like I'll, yeah, a lot of my dreams are very clear. I don't like it when it's like, when I get to see someone's business in the industry that I don't know that well, but then it's, I need to say it. And I'm like, shit, I'm already like this different girl. Now I'm coming with the dreams. Now I'm going to be really like, you know, <laughs> unfortunately in the two times I've been urged to actually say something, those people like literally were like on the spot. It wasn't stuff in the media. It wasn't stuff I would never know about, you know? And it was just that. And so they literally have my back only because they believed the dream that I had because they knew they hadn't said anything. And they knew I was also, I, I, I've got my own box. So I party with my friends. I don't do celebrity friends. I'm fine with people. Um, I don't burn bridges, 
that I don't like pretense. So I stay away from bullshit. I'll do the business and get the fuck out and party with my team. So you never see. And even if I'm with the people, for instance, I'm not a camera person. So if my team is not there, I'm not documenting anything. I'm not a flexer in general. So um, yeah, it's it's uh, one of those things. Tell me about the last dream you had that you remember. The last dream that I had that I remember. Oh, it's not the last one, but it's a dream I had. I remember because it's gonna happen, and it's lockdown that made it not happen. Actually, um, Pharrell, Pharrell Williams, we're just chilling and chatting, like you know, chilling and chatting, like like colleagues. Not like oh my god, Pharrell. No, we're like chilling and chatting and vibes. And I knew that was gonna happen in that time because um, I was already booked for the water festival as well. But the dream happened after the water festival. But it was just like, I'm going to meet him and it's going to be in one of those things. Because for I, so if it's going to be that kind of energy that I got in the dream, I know it's going to probably be through my American um, musician friends that are associated, like your Diplos, your whatever. Because I know I've already written for something he was involved in. I wrote for the other song, Water, with him and Beyonce. Um, I was writing melodies and all that jazz. So I know he's coming. I know he's coming. So one of those where I'm waiting for the day, but it, he's definitely coming. We're going to have a fat chat. Um, and yeah, um, <laughs> I don't know if I actually sleep. <laughs> That's the thing. Um, well, you, you, you know that our brain is more active when we're asleep than when we're awake, right? So I live, I'm going there. It's going to happen. Mark my words. Mm. Is it, that must be kind of comforting knowing that you know you wake up from oh i was just chatting with pharrell okay that's gonna happen soon i'll just i'll just leave it there you don't have to like it doesn't stress you out it's gonna happen yeah it's nice that's nice um and then even with it's so funny though funny enough when i was younger before my mom passed um everything i used to dream of i wouldn't get i'd know if i dreamt it i won't get it it's so crazy. Then when she died, I remember even when she died, I had sent her a message. I know you'll always be here in spirit of some sort. Then the first time I saw something, it wasn't even in a dream. It was, I switched off the light and then I saw my brother being stabbed. And I was in Durban. Then I called my elder brother, I'm like, my brother's being stabbed. And I'm thinking, I'm not thinking in that moment, I'm just sending the message. My brother's being stabbed, I think he's being stabbed. Like, and then he calls me only in two weeks. And so I'm, oh yeah, he was in hospital. That was happening. I just didn't want to worry you. Now I'm like, you didn't worry me. You did not worry me. You made me feel crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, and it was the first one. I was just like, oh shit. Okay. Oh shit. Then I started seeing the dreams are also the opposite of what I grew up with them being with my mom alive. It's, it, it, now I dream it, it happens. Like, oh, it's a warning or something is going to happen. Because I remember the next one. Oh, in its beginning, it was death. So I remember waking up and my as the house help was there. And I remember waking up and I was like, someone is in hospital. Someone, no, I said, someone is in hospital. Someone is in hospital, but they're going to die end of the week. Then I slept again. Then a call came and she's just like, no motherfucking way. There's someone in hospital. A call just came when you went back to sleep and there's someone in hospital. And she was telling my aunt and uncle, but my aunt and uncle are very like super coconut. Um, and so they didn't entertain that part of the gift but they knew about my moms because even my mom's parents were super educated, but they just had to do it because it was really problematic if they didn't do the process, but she didn't have to heal people. She always had the dreams as well. I knew I oper I know about the physical and spiritual world because I lived with a mom who operated on both. 
Um, so I think that's why I'm also very um, intentional with how I use my words. I'm intentional with writing down what I'm going. I'm intentional with how I, whatever I put out and believe in it happening is because is, is I definitely have lived in both worlds. I've lived in the, in the person who operated in both worlds. Um, and so it's just, it's fun and scary when you don't know, like you get a warning about someone and it's scary when you don't know who. Mm. And then you get the chill when it's happening and it's that person. And it's only disappointing if they were close enough or not. So it's, um, sometimes you're like, I wish I didn't know, but I'd rather know because I don't seek to know. Well, it's just there, right? The knowledge is just there. It's what it is. Yeah, so your mom is now presiding over dream world Moonchild, right? She's she's giving giving the go-ahead to the dreams. Absolutely. Yeah, no, fuck yeah. It's so crazy how when I was in ICU, the dreams I had, I was telling Ninja from the Antwerp about these. He was like, this is a music video. I was <laughs> just like, okay, cool. Um, it was, it's so crazy because I, I feel now, that's why I said I could, I'd rather die twice and come back with no dick than just have no dick without any experience. So I remember, because I love the, I love strippers, I give them work, um, I protect them when they work for me, they know that, that's why I get the database easy. Um, so in the dreams, I remember one night the building was falling down and there was a stripper there holding on. And it was almost like my whole, like, it's like, almost like, it felt like if I summarize it, if I died, I would have said I died in my world. My fights were in my world because it was strippers. And then I got to the dark part of the world and I even got to see the face. And, I, and I'm just like, shit, I don't actually want to know because I know this guy, I know this guy in real life here, but I got to see the dark side in the dream as well. And it was just like, okay, I don't know about getting that deep um, into this world because I'm about the liberation and all that jazz, but the dark, that's, that was just dark. But um, the fights, the building would crumble and I'd land standing. But the last person I saw was a stripper. So there'd be a stripper holding on then the building crumbles and I'm standing when it lands. And then the other one, the building crumbles and I'm standing. But this dark club one, it was a floor with knives. It was after the, I think it was my last night in ICU. It was a floor with knives. And I just discovered those guys selling the girls that are dancing in this club. And then these boys that were picked up in the club are actually being sold as well, but they act like they're rich there, but they don't have anything. So I remember that moment of this guy helping me because I, I was on the floor. And I just escaped and the, all the men and the girls are being sold and da, 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 and this knife that just unpredictably on the floor. So I'm just like, shit, I, now I have to count. Now I'm looking at this guy who, this is his whole life because he gets, he gets him to flex. Um, he doesn't have to save me, you know? And he, I remember him looking at the bottle and looking at me because <laughs> he knows he's going to be hungry when he goes home. I remember. And so he was like, okay, I remember he did the count and he was like, run. Then I jumped off. And then I was the last dream I had in ICU, but all the dreams in ICU were about my world. That's, I guess that's when you talk about passion then, because really, I didn't see God. I didn't see my mother. I saw strippers. Maybe it was just like, yo, man, you need to get up and you need to go get some girls more money, you know? So yeah, that was my ICU story. So I'd rather have those experiences than just not have a dig once. <laughs> <laughs> oh man oh man oh okay um i don't know what i've thank you so much for your this is you've no idea how much fun this has been i'm never gonna stop this is too good 
good fun, right? Good fun in the morning. And hopefully, hopefully this gives you good energy to go to the studio with and, and start creating some stuff. I've got that energy um, now. Good. All right. I'll 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 take that to my grave with me. Um, I fi- I finish I finish every episode with this question, and mm-hmm. don't overthink it. Uh, okay. It's an impo- it's an impossible question to answer because it changes the whole time. But it's your last show that you're going to on planet Earth, right? Like the world is going to blow up, or you're just going to be transported to the moon, or whatever. It's the last show yeah. you're ever going to see. Where's the venue? What's the main and the two supports? So who who's Moonchild Sinelli seeing for her last show on Earth? Who's she vibing to? I um, it's me, it's Beyonce, it's Tina Turner, and Brenda Fass from South Africa. So in South Africa, there's icons. Okay, so is it Miriam Makeba and people around her in that time? Then there's Brenda Fassi. Then there's Lebu Matosa. Then there's Moonchild Sinelli. And in fact, it's so crazy. Overseas, they start. They go from Brenda to Moonchild. Lebu never broke it out, out. But here in South Africa, she was also the one on some people thought she's naked all the time. She's super talented, all that jazz and very different and owned the body, but never necessarily, you know what I mean? There was those people dancing upside down having a song banned by the president. I've had a song banned, so I think I'm on the right track. They've had bottles thrown, I'm on the right track. <laughs> and Brenda, I remember Brenda Fassi was the first song I sang in my talent show I'm at four years old. And so I can bet you then I guess my also speech comes from that motherfucker because when I look back, I'm just like, shit, that's crazy. Because I didn't study her. She was just there. You know what I mean? And so now when I go back to when you watch her documentaries, I'm like, that's my speech. I guess it's a black sheep thing because then you'll find someone who's killing it like that in radio. You'll find someone who's killing like that in rap, in different spaces. And it's just like, there's just a way you see the world. Oh, wow. That's so cool. So there's a direct link between her and you from basically day one. Definitely. Awesome. So, so is everybody on stage at the same time? Are we all doing each other's covers? Or are you like, is there a, a now Tina Turner? Or is it just everybody? We're giving them a show of, of, of their lives. It's the last one. We're just doing everything. Like, we'll just, we'll support each other and then do together. Because at the end of the day, we still respect each other. And, you know, and when it comes to power and crowd control, Beyonce and Tina Turner are my go-tos. Like, if ever I've watched them, I'll be like, what do you take? I take power and crowd control. Mm. Have you seen Tina Turner stage. live? Not yet. Mm. And I probably won't. Because I guess she quit, she resigned. She stopped. Yeah, had enough. Completed it, right? Yeah. Just check. Yeah, she's done. She's just like, she's tired of singing. It gets higher. Because <laughs> her voice is there anymore and she's like oh and then they expect me to dance like that i'm just like i'm 85 so uh (laughs) that gag yeah um tina maybe privately at oprah's tea party (laughs) yeah have you been to have you met oprah not yet soon so far the biggest in america is beyonce that i've worked with and met which she's kind of modern day oprah right like she's she's kind of yeah Taking taking up over his stance as a queen, right? I love me some Beyonce. <laughs> and okay, and what's the venue? Is it is it going to be the Moonchild Stadium? It has to be the Moonchild Stadium. Has to be, has to be. But then they can also they can wear the Beyonce wigs and their Tina Turner wigs and their Brenda Fossey wigs as well, right? The cleanup. Like the wigs can be interchangeable. The, yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's how many you got in your bag? Or you got Tina? And everybody's got a wig. You can get. You got Tina. You got the Moon. 
Prana, she changed hairstyles a lot, but there's a popular one, her braids with the beads. There's that one. It's one of iconic pictures. And then you've got Beyonce, you know, the blonde bay, whether it's slick or curly. That's the final show, and we will shut it down. Oh, and does a cat. As well. Oh, shit. Okay. Okay. Wow. That's a, a, a late addition. Interesting. I love those. I love Megan the Stallion. I love Cardi and I love Nikki. Yeah. Doja Cat is hilarious. She's absolutely like, I, I, I love her. That's what's what was this on the bitch on Macau video? I must have watched that like a hundred times. Like just so fucking interesting. <laughs> and then seeing where she's gone from there, like all power to her. That's, yep. she's so so funny. Love that. Love her. Yeah. She's so. insane. A live show. It would be crazy. So maybe some collabs coming up in in the next couple of years, huh? Or how about this, right? All black super female spice girl group but all of the people you just made just mentioned there how about that lizzo lizzo too lizzo too all right so or maybe it could be a, a lady marmalade type type uh, situation who's the who's the top who's big now exactly without thinking Oof. too hard lizzo's killing it right no like spice girls oh of the spice girls who's big now Oh, like Spice Girls, a band, a girl group, like Spice Girls. Oh, there is none, right? Like, isn't isn't that the whole thing? Like the whole, the whole girl group, boy group thing is kind of, kind of yeah. done, isn't it? I know. This one, that, um, there's this one they trying in the UK as well, but I hear them only when people talk about them. For instance, like my daughter listens to them great, and then I was with the producer, who does all the Afrobeats hits in America. He wanted, he's got a song I wanted to put them, he wanted to put them on. I'm like, the song is really dope, but they're not, uh, they're not standing up yet. They're not like, they're just there. Is it, is it Little Mix? Is that them? Little Mix? I'm, I'm not too up on the, uh, my, my interest in girl groups is probably yeah. types of Spice Girls, to be honest. They're all Saints. All Saints are pretty good. Yeah, no. Oh, and Atomic Kitten was good. <laughs> oh man good stuff good stuff um Moonchild, <laughs> thank you so much thank you so much for this i hope you had a bit of fun i uh, i'm glad we could connect um so what's going on tell us you've, you're about to go to the studio start on the next little project you've the remix ep coming out when can we see is there another tour going on what's going on in your life so now I'm about to drop the uh, B-side singles for South for the December in South Africa dance, and I'm featuring Chidena on the main single, which is called Coco. So we're gonna be shooting the video between like between the twentieth and the thirtieth. We're shooting both videos and then dropping them. But the songs, the music comes out now on the eighth, and then I am going to cook because we've got a tour that's already getting bookings for next year, and I want to have phases with the new album. And so I'm cooking the next project because in, in February, I'm supposed to go to LA to go finish, to go, basically I'm supposed to start the album in LA in February and then to start doing the American leg and then do my normal tour stuff. But I'm ready to cook now. So I'm going to cook now. Nice. So get everything, uh, everything ready. So when you go to LA, you're, you're, you're hitting the ground. Running. Yeah. Yes. So I've got content now with regards to where my emotions are. So I just want to capture it while it's fresh. Okay. Well, 
get to the studio, get that yeah. while it's all still fresh. Uh, can't wait to see what you come up with. If there's a Toronto stop on your tour, I cannot wait to see you. Hopefully that happens. Um, yeah, good stuff. Um, thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, absolute pleasure to chat with you. Thank you so much, yeah. That was amazing. Thank you.